This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. This week on Blind Like Me, we connect with Amy Wilson. Amy's got an amazing story and a great outlook on life. She used to be on the national team for judo. She was a self-defense instructor and is currently a blind Mary Kay consultant. You might also know Amy from TikTok as Blind Amy. Cool blind resource, Braille Monitor. It is the magazine syndicated by the National Federation of the Blind. Cool blind resource, Bard. It is an app. If you go through your state's library, you can get signed up for for free and get audiobooks. Cool blind resource, Blind Alive. It is a fitness program designed with the blind and visually impaired in mind. The descriptive workouts, they're great. Cool blind resource, Blind Like Me podcast. It's by Tim Black. It's awesome. I'm on the podcast. Yeah. I, it's like what I was wanting. I was going to do a show that was, that is that show. I was like. We welcome Amy Wilson to the podcast. Welcome, Amy. Tim, I appreciate you having me on the show. No problem. This is, uh, you know, kind of fun that we we get to connect with people that uh, are visually impaired and blind and who do interesting things. And uh, as I say, um, you know, the world of social media is connecting all of us together. So let's find out a little bit about who you are. Um, so my name is Amy, and I was born and raised in Missouri, but I spent a year in Alaska of my life, and that's where I had my son. Mm-hmm. And Spent some more time in Indiana, which was which is interesting. But throughout my life, I've done some pretty um, interesting things over the years. Um, I've been on the the USABA uh, women's team for for judo back when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the stuff I've done, I don't really consider to be like oh, like oh. And, inspiring but a lot of other people do well good for you for jumping on the on the judo thing i i I did judo as well what a great sport for somebody who is visually impaired or blind oh man i i loved it um i had to step down from it because it was making my vision worse oh really okay yeah so that was the reason i had to stop judo but um i know lots of people who uh like are on the men's team now and stuff like that so it's it's very cool um one of the things I, I wish I could still do, but mm-hmm. that's another lifetime ago. Let's go back in time. Uh, now, you were born with a uh, genetic issue that has caused your vision, obviously. Uh, and we were talking prior to this that you went through public school and then uh, went into some of the state schools. Let's talk about your school experience, because that's one of the things we like to share here on the podcast, especially for those who may be younger or those who may be going through challenges. Uh, what was the school world like for you? Honestly, whenever, um, cause I was diagnosed in the fifth grade, um, it was, it was a rough, very rough oh, transition. Tough time. Yes. Um, the, the school of course was not, not accommodating in those, um, aspects. I actually found out m- many years later, my teacher told my whole class that I was going blind. And, uh, of course my vision doesn't cause total blindness. And you, you try to tell fifth graders that that doesn't work mm-hmm. out too well in your favor, but, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, getting through the day-to-day the -day of school, I didn't really know any other blind people until I was about 14, and I did a summer program at Missouri School for the Blind, and I got to meet other blind people, visually impaired, that sort of thing, and really realized that um, I needed to stop feeling sorry for myself, that people had it worse than, than I did, and... Um, I stopped sort of doing the uh, poor, pitiful, blind girl uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was helpful realization for me in that, that aspect. Um, I'm one of those people that if I see somebody struggling, I like to, to help out. And then, of course, you know, you realize that uh, the world ain't all about you. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it is kind of interesting to watch. Uh, you have you have the same similar thought to me is that, you know, you don't like to point out your blindness, obviously, uh, and you don't like to stop it from, you know, stop you from doing anything. Uh, and then, you know, grade five, man, that was a, a tough year for me as well, because I cha I remember changing schools from a school I'd been at where everybody knew me and then going to a brand new school where nobody know, knew me. And I was the first visually impaired person in that school. And it's a tough age for kids because you're trying to find yourself. Yeah, yes. And, you know, you're trying to figure out you who you are. They're trying to figure out who they are. And, you know, and then, of course, when they don't know stuff, it's it's cooties and you can get it. And <laughs> so I want to talk to the person who has cooties and mm -hmm. uh, so to say. Yeah. But we, once I, I really started to accept my blindness and I thought that I had really accepted it, but I was like, I don't know, I was still partially angry and doing the well, what if scenario. Mm -hmm. I did that for a large um, part of my life. And then um, honestly, it's probably like six years ago, I really accepted the blindness and, and life's been even even better since. So, How did you accept it? This is why I get so passionate about the, the NFB. My first state convention, I had never even heard about the National Federation of the Blind. Mm -hmm. I did thing. And I was just asked to come speak at a student division because at the time at the university that I was at, uh, I'd started a student organization for disabled students because I know there's a lot of them. And, you know, if we can, if you can connect people, you can learn from other people. So I've for years have been organizing different groups and just trying to learn from other people. And of course, people have been learning from me. It was my, uh, you know, I went to the, my first state convention and um, met some other blind people that just thoroughly impressed me um, beyond belief. Uh, I talk, I've actually told James Gashel that I'm like his groupie. Uh, he was at my first state convention. He was one of our national reps and was talking about, um, you know, his life, you know, like his journey of accepting his blindness. And I, I really related to it uh, because he was talking about, you know, it's respectable to be blind like and you know then realizing that just because i'm not using a white cane doesn't mean that people don't know i'm blind or that there's something wrong mm -hmm. so i might as well just use the cane be safer mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah that's that's when i think i really started to to accept the blindness was when i was comfortable using my white cane because i went a very long time not wanting to use my white cane because I had enough vision. I could see how people reacted and it bothered me. I didn't, I didn't like it. It's, you know, it, it was, you know, I was in my thirties, late twenties, college time, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And people were still treating me like I had cooties. I was like this, <laughs> people were grown adults. That's right. I, and you know, you know, and you always get those people when you're, 
using your cane or uh, and they don't realize that you may have some vision like myself I can I can you know see people and you're using a white cane and they, they stare at you and the always thing is I always like to stare people back and I always wave to them when they were staring at me so that would kind of you know freak them out a little I bit I've done the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you wait, when you wave at them, and they're like, "Wait a minute, that didn't. Uh, how did that happen?" So, um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the NFB then, because that is something that I know you're very, very passionate about, uh, and obviously, it's made a big impact on your life. Uh, and and we have quite a following in the U.S. actually uh, with our podcast. So let's find out a little bit about the NFB. Tell me about it. Uh, the NFB has been around for seventy seven years i'm probably going to get the year wrong i'm not i'm not great with years but um you know it started because of blindness discrimination and and those sorts of things and for me you, you know meeting the people in missouri we missouri has one of the nicest affiliates from my understanding when they have new um national board members they'll send them to missouri because we're so nice to everybody <laughs> isn't that nice <laughs> and uh of course we have gary wonder he's one of my other favorite people and he was our state affiliate president when i joined when i um initially joined mm -hmm. and um you know by the time i was done with my first state convention i don't even think i was halfway done with the second day i was like how do i start a chapter in my town like I, oh, this wow. has got to be in my town um because i was already doing stuff with the the student division stuff on my campus and mm -hmm. and that sort of thing but i i jumped right in um some people like to say that the the nfb is you know militant um or we're we're stuck in our ways now you get that with any group it doesn't matter because people you have the people who are stuck in their ways about things mm -hmm. and you have the people that are like go with the flow mm -hmm. and i've met I've met both people in the NFB and I've met the same with like uh, ACB, the American Council of the Blind. And um, I basically tell people and they're like, well, what's the difference? I'm like, Democrats and Republicans of the blind community. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, I never heard it put that way before. That's interesting. Okay. It's different philosophies, essentially. Like sure. it, they're all working together to, you know, hopefully improve the quality of the blind community everywhere but they just have different philosophies and so um but i you know got involved with the student division mm -hmm. uh, right now i'm still current chapter president like it took six months after my first day convention to start a chapter here in my um the town that i live and then um so i've been doing that and then in the last year I've started a group of uh, young teens called the Cane Drivers. Uh, they, they came up with their own name. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we were doing like every three months in-person meetings. And then, of course, COVID hit and mm -hmm. we've been mm -hmm. doing virtual. But mm -hmm. um, so far, it's a great way for teens to get together and help each other out. And mm -hmm. uh, my daughter that is on uh, TikTok with me that you, you'll see in different videos, she's a part of it as well. Um, and she's cited, but she is in like loves to learn about the different blindness stuff how are the teens reacting to to having a support group group like that they really like it um and it's interesting to see the dynamic because um 
you know, they've already gotten to the point where they've started getting clicky with each other within the group and, and that sort of stuff. But it's a nice way for us to like address different social issues that they might have. Mm -hmm. Um, the first time we did a meetup, we spent 45 minutes just talking about boys. Like I let them ask because at the first meeting it was all girls. Well, we initially were just having girls cause that's who we had. And then now we've had some some young men take interest and, and joined us and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, just to kind of see how they've grown in the last year with talking to one another and because um, mm-hmm. they all pretty much consider each other best friends. And mm-hmm. it's, it's it's interesting. And then to see how they kind of interact with the leaders and, and that sort of stuff. For what you guys are dealing with, how large is is the uh, the community that you're dealing with? Well, for cane drivers right now, we've got, um, I think we've only got like 11 or 12 okay. girls. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and guys, girls and guys, uh, cane drivers. I keep trying to just say cane drivers instead <laughs> of girls, but um, we're pretty we're pretty small. I know that like, um, like for my chapter, because mm-hmm. um, I have chapter members, we've got, I think, 15 chapter members in, in my small college oh, wow. town and stuff like that. so um it's it's always nice to meet new people and then like we have i've got a couple chapter members that they moved from california mm-hmm. and the husband is blind and went went blind in a car accident and there's no rhyme or reason but you know they moved to missouri because a friend lived out here and had no idea about all the different blind resources that were offered in the state mm-hmm. and once they actually started talking to me because my husband scared them off. You see, you know, white person with a cane. He's like, I got to go talk to him. <laughs> now, is and, your is your husband sighted? Yes, my husband is sighted. Okay. Um, my husband has cystic fibrosis. Okay. Which is a, a lung disease, mm-hmm. um, lung digestion, the all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a pretty, I don't know if you've ever heard of yep. it. See, uh, but um, I had no clue about it before me and him started dating. And then I started looking it up and I'm like, you were an old guy for a CF guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, this is the, here. We're going to kind of lead into uh, the next thing. Obviously, you guys have because uh, you said you have a son and a daughter now. Uh, the, my, my daughter is I, she is my unofficial adopted daughter. OK. Um, her family, we met last year at the end of July. Um, her brother um, was my best friend in high school and um, we've known each other for a really long time and me and him started hanging out again. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, I spent a couple days with her and she latched right onto me. Her um, her parents are, are not in the best situation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for the last year, I've been sort of filling that that mom role and with COVID she spent a lot of time here um, because there was no school and that right, sort of okay. stuff. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. So I, he's my, my friend and I'm like, we have split custody. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> he lives with him full time, but she comes over here and, and that sort of stuff. But my son, um, yeah, he's all mine. I gave birth to that. So <laughs> like I call him that. That's good. Okay. Uh, and, and how, and how old is he? He is 12, about to be 13 in Oh, December. my goodness. You're about to get some fun years in your life. Y- yes. And, and, of course, he's retesting the waters on what can I get away with mm-hmm. when it comes to vision. And uh, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, I can uh, I can agree with you on that. I have gone through uh, two children 
uh, and one who is uh, now 16. Uh, my oldest is 21, and uh, I know what you're going through. You're going to have some fun time in the in the next while, for sure. So uh, my piece of advice would be patience, <laughs> and, and then a lot more patience after that. So you used to do self-defense instructing, is that correct? Yes. Um, I did it through, um, it was called the One Touch Project. Okay. Um, it's longer around, unfortunately, but there's somebody that's, uh, there's a group of people that are working on creating a new um, sort of course. Uh, I'm not sure what the their name is for it yet, but they've asked me to like throw in my ideas. I'm like, sure, yeah, because mm. we definitely, like there's no self-defense program out there to teach blind and visually impaired how to defend themselves. Like right, they, and this is something I never even thought about that, that we actually need. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very much needed. Well, and one of the things that gets me and um, I haven't talked about yet on, on TikTok, but there is a very, very high percentage of visually impaired blind um, women who have been, you know, assaulted, sexually assaulted in, in some way. It's like, again, it's, I think it's 75, 70% of women. So, you know, Mm -hmm. three out of four women uh, in the blind and visually impaired world have had something inappropriate happen with them I'm like this should not be happening like because mm-hmm. we're taught at a young age to you know take help take help and uh and that sort of stuff well when you have people who are behaving appropriate there's really you know what do i do there's the common freeze you just in because it's it's happened to me in my past so mm-hmm. yeah freeze mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. of course that's not what we want for our young people we want them to stand up and that's why i think the self-defense is is so very important and mm-hmm. um being able to advocate for yourself that's one of the big things in the the cane drivers group i don't let them tell me you know i don't know or i don't care i'm like if that's your philosophy then you're going to look around later in life and go what happened to my life mm-hmm. well you didn't know and you didn't care so you got to make up a decision mm-hmm. <laughs> and how do you got to go with it uh too many young people don't don't want to make decisions, and so I sort of do the. No, you're making decisions around me, whether you like it or not. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, I love I love your outlook. I think this is fabulous. Why did you take to TikTok? Um, so I started doing TikTok last year. Uh, my sister in law was, you know, she kept sending me different videos, and I'm like, what in the world? So finally, I, you know, I, I struggle with depression from time to time. And, um, I just started getting on there and it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I just, I music. And so, you know, once I started getting through my funk, I started like making different videos where, you know, you're using the sound on TikTok. Mm-hmm. but, um, what blew me up, which I still, I, I still cannot wrap my head around how fast my account is growing is, um, it, it was when the the NFB national convention was going on. Mm-hmm. I did like quick, uh, you know, there's over 7,000 blind people on the, on a, a zoom right now for the national, you know, I, mm-hmm. it was like 15 seconds. Did you know right now there is over 7,000 people who are blind on a virtual convention with this guy, Mark Riccobono, president of the national federation of the blind. It just blew up, and next thing I knew, I started having different blind people following me, mm-hmm. and people were asking. Like I kept, I was getting four or five, sometimes ten messages a day from people asking me different blind questions. Wow! And, and what kind of questions were they asking you? 
Um, anywhere from, you know, blind parenting to, you know, I'm a student, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. um, th- those sorts of things. And, you know, a lot of my followers are in that high school, college demographic. I've got some, some you know, people my age on there yeah. <laughs> that follow me, too. But so, some I older find, people like me. <laughs> I find the far majority are young people, and a lot of them are the only blind people they know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's where you hear me do, you know, on my videos doing that get involved with an organization. I don't care, you know, if it's ACB, NFB, but meet other blind people, it will change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot recommend that enough to people because, you know, you can only learn so much, but when you're exposed to different blind people doing different things, it, it, it doesn't mind shift on you to where you start, doing that well i could do that mm-hmm. that wouldn't be so bad like i i was never one who wanted to use a braille display before i started hanging out with my friends who use them all the time like mm-hmm. i know when i'm at a blind convention because all i hear is braille display tapping of the i want to be cool like that that's awesome now have you have you ventured into the braille world or not yes i took um i i forced my high school when i got back from missouri school for the blind um because i started taking braille there and um, i actually had to argue with the school about getting a braille class and they were like well if you want braille then you need to go to missouri school for the blind and i so not politely told them to where to go stick it and <laughs> my dad goes well you heard her so what are we gonna do right <laughs> Uh, All right. My dad was also the kind of parent that, you know, he, he would figure out stuff to the best of his abilities. But um, when I first was diagnosed, he actually threatened to uh, kick the principal's butt. Uh, my dad was in full biker gear, you know, leather vest, the, you know, mm-hmm. leather chaps, boots, cut off gloves. Because um, I was raised in a biker biker family. I started riding motorcycles when I was four. Awesome. So, my dad going in there with all bikered out in fifth grade, you know, trying to kick the principal's butt. I just thought it's like, that's awesome. <laughs> Man, you don't yeah. get you don't get memories like that that often. Well, and so my son, he has um, an IEP at his school mm-hmm. um, because he's he got diagnosed in fourth grade with um, written expression learning disability, mm-hmm. and then um, fifth grade we had him tested for dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Sure enough dyslexic um i still need to get him tested because i think he has a touch of um high functioning autism he Uh just sucks Uh in situations kind of scenario Uh um uh, last year i had to fight with the school um about different services um and this was yeah i think it was it happened in january it wasn't last year it was yeah in january Uh that the teachers were trying to tell me that one method worked for all students because they had this gold folder system and i was like no, it mm. does not. Like I straight up start arguing with them and <laughs> to me, and I'm like, they don't know who they're dealing with. <laughs> right. Well, and, um, and it's and it's interesting because I mean, you bring up a very interesting topic there because so many people that I've talked to uh, over my years and obviously doing this, uh, that you know, it, it, the same thing keeps coming back. Everybody thinks they can treat blind people exactly the same way. Each per- they think, think that each blind person is the same, and each blind person is not the same. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, that's why the just ask. Like, don't assume that we're all the same. We all like to be treated the same way. Because I have people in my chapter, I love them to death, 
but they represent the blind community in what I consider a not so great manner. When you have people constantly helping you or doing the, well, I can't see to do this. Well, get over it. Learn some skills. Right. <laughs> you're just, you're refusing to help yourself. And those are the people I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> what piece of advice would you pass on as a, as a blind parent? What would you pass on to other people who are going through what you've gone through? Make friends with blind people and feel, I, I don't know, like, I know when I'm around my blind community, when I go to an NFB event, like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a family. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to change how you behave or anything like that. Like, I learned, I wish, because I wouldn't, my son was younger, I was the helicopter mom, because I didn't know to put bells on the shoes. Right. Like, like if I'd have known that back then, man, that would have made my life so much easier. <laughs> Or the squeaky socks or something, you know, because I helicoptered my kid because I was afraid I'd lose him at the playground or something like that. Right, so, right. But when you meet people and learn those things, oh, my gosh, it's it, that's that's my my piece of advice. It's eye, it's eye opening. It, it absolutely is. Um, and, you know, I've I've got friends that I know are going to be my friends for the rest of my life. So mm, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. And I know that if I'm like here lately, I've been struggling with my vision. Mm -hmm. um, my has been going more and more mm -hmm. and I can call them up at any time and they're going to sit there and walk me through it and be like, it's okay. I got you. You know, they listen and they understand like yeah. my husband, when I'm talking about vision, he has no clue. He mm -hmm. can't sympathize. He can't, you know, there's, he can hold me. That's mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, but, but my blind friends can be like, I get it. And yeah. this is way. You know, because I'm, I'm one of those people, if there's a problem, then my brain's going to work until it figures out a solution. <laughs> like, right. How do I fix this? <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. What's your biggest challenge? Transportation. And why? Explain like, it to me. Why? Because I live in a rural area. Mm -hmm. um, and um, typically in the rural areas, transportation just sucks. It right. just Right. Um, and, you know, in, in my town, we've got, you know, a couple different ways of doing it. Some only work, you know, a couple hours out of the week. Um, there's the taxi, but it's like $12 to go one way. And I'm oh. like, I'm not $24 to go to the grocery store. Yep. No. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, type of type of stuff. Um, because my husband does what we call tune ups where he goes to the hospital for two weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And. I don't want to always ask my sister-in-law to help me out. And of course she never minds. Um, because mm -hmm. she just does that kind of person. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I would love to be able to just kind of go where I want, when I want. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to self-driving cars when that becomes oh, yeah. a thing. I keep, You're... <laughs> I keep telling people when that happens, blind people will take over. Oh, the <laughs> you got to You got to listen back to a couple episodes. Uh, I was talking, uh, with, uh, Joey, who is a musician from uh, Georgia, and he and I have, uh, we now have a, a deal when the self-driving cars are out, we're both racing each other. So you can get in on that now, too. I want to be in that race. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, so there's going to be three of us now on, on some highway somewhere in the U.S., and we're going to race on self-driving cars. Let's talk a little bit about um, something that I, th I found very interesting. You have now become a, a, a cosmetic consultant for Mary Kay. How's this work out for you? I actually do fairly fairly well. It's not, uh, not where, of course, I would like it to be yet, um, but the fact that... Uh, 
I've been able to, um, there's actually a group of us that are like, I made a Facebook group of blind Mary Kay consultants. And um, I, of course, have recruited blind consultants on my team and they recruited and uh, that sort of stuff. So blind people are taking over Mary Kay. So, so tell, explain how this works. Um, so primarily when it comes to Mary Kay, the big focus is on skincare. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, makeup's kind of second, second fiddle. Right. But one of the biggest things that a Mary Kay consultant does is we teach people how to do stuff. We are not putting stuff on people's faces. At no point am I like, give me the brush, let me yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Um, I've spent, you know, years describing how to do it. The first year of my business, um, I went, um, I, well, I, when I teach my makeup classes, cause I do zoom classes right now uh-huh. and my, um, my recruiter, Nikki, she's one of my best friends, but she's been kind of with me this whole time. And so she's learned some of the ins and outs of how to teach me, you know, how to do parts of my makeup. But me and Nikki would go to, um, another Mary Kay person's house who, was you know she's a top director but she's also a makeup artist as well yeah so between the two of them i got really good at doing makeup like i went from where i was just doing one eyeshadow some mascara and some lipstick and that was that was pretty much it to where now i can do the you know the brows i can do four different eyeshadows mascara eyeliner bronzer contouring all those sort of crazy uh things um sort of deal so and and i'm glad that i i know those things because one of the things that i you know once i learned it i was like well everybody should know this and then i realized well that's another service that's not done in the blindness community is no. how to do make <laughs> not at all so i started offering free classes um for from that i started doing that a little bit last year mm-hmm. and that sort of fell off and then I've started doing it again during COVID because I'm like, well, ain't nobody got nowhere to go and we might as well look fabulous once we're done being in quarantine. <laughs> That's awesome because I can never get my blush right. So <laughs> Actually, I've had a, we did a Disney princess night one night and uh, his, uh, one of our local events and we actually had a guy show up and he did the whole thing and wore the tiara. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. But that that's really cool. And congratulations for you on that. I think that is absolutely amazing. And uh, I love your positive attitude, Amy. I think, uh, you know, people need to connect with you more and, and learn what, you know, what visually impaired and blind people can do opposed to what they can't do. I, I like to use the hashtag blind people possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people want to talk about the, the problems, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I kind of changed that as my name on on TikTok. I'll probably end up changing it again, but I just I like the the talking about the possibilities of blind people instead of all the the problems we have. What would you say to the sighted community? Just ask. <laughs> um, that's usually my first thought is if you don't know, just just ask. Most people are going to be okay with telling you, and not everybody's the same. Everybody's different. So. Um, I mean, I, I do that when I'm dealing with people with different disabilities that I'm not familiar with. I, I ask because I know that not everybody's the same and they don't like to use the same um, ways to describe different things. And mm-hmm. so. Awesome. Yeah, just, 
you guys can always find me on Facebook, Amy S.P. Wilson. If you're interested in makeup classes, there's uh, my Facebook group called The Blind Hive. I'm on TikTok yeah. uh, as Blind Amy. So those are those are sort of my main places. I have Instagram. I just don't. I don't. I don't use it. But <laughs> I'm really active on TikTok lately because I'm I'm helping out so many people, and so I just I want to keep spreading that positivity. Awesome. I really got to get my TikTok account going. I think I've got three videos and. That's like, <laughs> like been there forever. So, Amy, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much for spending some time with us on Blind Like Me. Again, you can follow Amy on uh, Facebook and TikTok. We'll put all that information up in the show notes for you. Uh, so you can just click there and then, and then follow her. All the best to you, Amy, and uh, please come back and chat with us again someday. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a TimBlackOnAir.com production.